May the fourth be with you, Carlos. <laughs> That's my intro. Yeah, this is why we don't let you do it. <laughs> no, your reaction was it, it, it was it was perfect. So let, let's run with that. <laughs> so, with that, a few things. Actually, I did not have prepared remarks, but I kind of there, there's a couple of things with that. So I still follow our uh, alma mater, or is that how you refer to school? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you're an alumnus if you're from it. But okay, but uh, UC Santa Barbara has a very good like their social media manager is on point. <laughs> so the Instagram account at UC Santa Barbara. So they they posted um, somebody in a uh, like a, a Skywalker. Uh, what's the what what are the white dudes called? Stormtrooper. Correct. Yeah, I got it in two. All right, <laughs> with a. What's the thing when you when you graduate and you get like it's like it's not the robe but it's the the and it's not a sash. What's it called? Is it the thing that you drape like over your, your neck? Oh, the yeah, what's uh, it called? It, it's not. Well, you're, it's not. You're talking about. You're not talking about like the gown. You're talking about the. I sent this to you earlier today. Hold on. No, I I know, but I it's I don't. It's the thing. I, <laughs> the thing. The thing. Uh, I, I don't remember what that's called. Alexa, what's the thing called? All right, never mind. We, we anyway, we, we graduated. It's Alexa, gonna, stop. <laughs> uh, Twelve years ago this year, I think. Don't. Oh God, it's so. Mm. So sorry. We'll, we'll talk about other stuff, but like, so I was traveling recently and I saw somebody in a sweatshirt that said NYU class of twenty twenty six, and I was like, Jesus Christ! I, I time is time yeah, is I don't, a I don't, real. I don't care. It's real bad. That. Yeah. Real bad. There, there are people who can vote who were born with a year that starts with 20. No, nah, I don't care yeah. for that either. Okay. Anyway, so may the fourth be with you, whatever. There was one good tweet to... Well, actually, no, that's too political, so we'll skip that. It's been a week for a lot of other reasons where... Uh, in terms of May 4th, the Daily today was actually very, very good. I, I always really like Adam Liptak on Me The too. Daily. Mm-hmm. It's always just that it's always under, under such terrible circumstances <laughs> that he's the guest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's 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 fantastic. Yeah, there hasn't um, been a um, happy Supreme Court decision in a while, or any sort of Supreme Court development in a while. Or a fun one. Like, yeah, sometimes he has like a fun one. Like, I assume he, he uh, yeah, sometimes there's one where there's a whole like turns out angle to it, but. Anyway, sure, may the fourth be with you. Um, the Best Buy deal of the day is an eighty-five dollar uh, Baby Yoda toy, and I don't understand what it does because uh, I because I understood the whole BB-8 Sphero thing, but I don't understand what this thing is that would cause Best Buy to sell it. Okay, I'm glad it wasn't immediately clear. I mean, I I only had a minute to look at this earlier today, but I that was my reaction too. Is I I don't know what this thing is or what it does like my hypothesis was like does it have magnets in it where because like it on the mandalorian does grogu have like levitating powers like is 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 it that there's magnets in it and you can like have him like hover things i don't know what this thing does any of the included entertainment inspired which evidently is a hyphenated phrase didn't know that accessories in his hand and he'll react with an exclamation mark put an accessory in his mouth and he'll make eating sounds that let you know if he thinks it's yummy or yucky again exclamation mark when grogu the child wants to be picked up and held 
he'll reach up with both arms. And with force activation, the galactic snackin' Grogu toy will perform a two-handed force move inspired by scenes from season two of the live-action series The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Another exclamation mark. Not season one. Uh, season two, right. No, no, but it, yeah, but the, this this is strictly IP from season two. This, this is ridiculous. It, correct, yeah. Um, yeah I'm not sure any of that really clarified anything. It didn't. So I did, I did actually, while you were talking, there's a video uh included with this mm. and yeah it doesn't really do anything like it it's his ears move he makes sounds and he will lift up a squid that he eats i think and he apparently he has like he he eats a macaron i don't i don't know is is this and like also, a is this like a modern day furby maybe oh god it's like a furby mixed with like the the billy bass thing <laughs> uh, and i do i've never understood why um Baby Yoda always dresses like the like the IKEA monkey. In his little burlap sack. Oh, is is it? It's not a fur coat. It's not a fur coat. No, I I, no. I would describe it more as like a burlap sack. Mm. It's got a collar though. Well, it's it's like a it's like a fancy burlap sack. <laughs> for for like if you if you're uh, if you live in Palo Alto and want to do a three legged race. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very Northern California. Uh, I give it a C minus joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Okay. <laughs> All right. What's our? So we took last week off because we were both away. Nothing really happened on the, and the. Because again, we're we're continuing our position of not talking about the Elon Musk Twitter thing. So I'm not sure actually a lot of stuff happened. Well, I mean, there was the like. CNN Plus and Netflix stuff. I don't know how. Didn't we talk about that? No, I think we that all did. No, no, that all. Well, I think. Well, then, what was the context of our? Because we had the discussion of everybody was like dunking on Netflix for the quality versus quantity. So then, when, when under what context did that come up? I think I have to go back and look at what did I link to. Well, I guess I did link to the Netflix quarterly earnings. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so maybe CNN Plus happened the next day. Well, actually, oh, sorry, we 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 do have some follow up here. Um, copyright John Syracuse is something something something. Um, so we talked previously about, uh, <laughs> uh, this is funny on the, on, uh, the espresso subreddit cause people were taking the original poster to task for the name. Cause even I, cause I know nothing about basketball <laughs> and even <laughs> I, even I know his name. Like I, what was the, one of the top comments was like, who the hell is Jim I, Butler? <laughs> I kind I kind of feel like Jimmy Butler would actually kind of like that though. I don't know. Something about him that would make me think he'd, he'd be okay with that. Or is, is is this kind of like when, um, like, yeah, like it, when when he turns, God, when when do basketball players retire? Like thirty five if they're really good. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, when he turns thirty. How, Alexa, how old is Jimmy Butler? He's around. He's around that. He's thirty two. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. How long has he been playing? Quite a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, eventually he'll drop the M Y and just become Jim Butler. So anyway, <laughs> that was amusing. But he was the one in the bubble, right? Who uh, had the little coffee shop? It was called was it Big Head or Big Face Coffee? What was what's his nickname? Uh, one of, one of those two, I think. Big Face Coffee. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, put safe search on maybe. Well, no, I just I just don't want to. Sometimes if you Google, like it's just I don't know. All right, but no, it was it was Big Face Coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he started his own espresso thing uh, in the bubble, 
And apparently he takes his espresso machine with him. And the reason I post this is that he he has the he has the rich person coffee maker, which of course he does because he's a rich person. But if you are somebody who wants to like do a, a flex and you just want to show that you bought the most expensive consumer grade coffee maker that you can get, that is the La Marzocco Linnea Mini, which is what this is, and it costs six thousand dollars. And the thing is, it's not. It's nice, but it's not. The price is is not really what you're buying. So, and I mean, I guess that's fair, but it's, it was very funny for the uh, espresso subreddit to see that, yeah, he has a LMLM. So you're more of the espresso expert than I am. Is, is there not any concern with transporting an espresso machine like this? Like, does jostling it around potentially create a, a problem or am i, I overthinking? Think it, i don't think it matters but you you just you because you have to drain it like in, in a like a fancier espresso machine well actually i mean yours you don't really drain it but yours has a water tank that you would just empty out because like the the barista express is kind of like a keurig in that way right it's or just kind of like, like a, a water, water tank tank yeah, yeah yeah so no with these like the water like goes into it like you can have like plumbed versions where it actually kind of like a refrigerator has like a tap into your water system but i, Ooh, I don't that's... think that's what this is Cool. Oh God! Like if if That's I if cool. I if I moved into um if I moved to what's what's a Wyoming or something, and if I could somehow ignore the politics of it, and I could get a house that was reasonably priced, um yeah, I would have an espresso machine that it has a drip like the drip tray drains like a sink, so you never have to change that. It's a oh man, I I I daydreamed man, about that. Where, where where my espresso machine is would be perfectly no you can no too. just get get your yeah get like yeah do it mm. you you need a thing nicer than the barista express but you hey, absolutely easy, easy no, no the, but i'm saying but no, the I barista know, know. like it literally doesn't do that but. Yeah, it, could, it could drill a it could drill a hole in the bottom of it and <laughs> <laughs> sure uh but that, anyway but, that'd be but pretty nice yeah but it was um i'm surprised samsung hasn't done like because samsung will fucking try anything so I assume they have. Why haven't they made an espresso machine that's like built into like a stove or a, your refrigerator? Yeah, they would, but it'd have a big ass LCD Andrew, screen Andrew running on Android it. on it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the the reason I brought this up. So yeah, so it's funny that he's got the rich person espresso machine. Well, it's not a bad machine. It's just it's no better than a twenty five hundred dollar machine, and it and it costs six thousand dollars just because of the name and the way it looks. Because like Mar- La Marzocco is the if you go to like a fancy coffee place and starbucks actually used to have a deal with them where like the uh, commercial grade like it's got four porta filters and this is where you do like a hundred drinks a day like the la marzocco is, is the company that makes that kind of thing so but also i don't know if this was staged sponsored content because um some like uh a few days later somebody posted that he a courtside he was wearing a La Marzocco hat, so he might have some type of brand deal with them, mm. which which is which is less fun. He, uh, I don't know, I mean, and, 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 and I appreciate I appreciate the hustle. That's like that's much better than like it's a lot of the other stuff where some like people are like shilling. Like you'll get a celebrity who's like, oh yeah, I really love White Claw or something. I like it's just like I don't know. This feels much more honest, and if he's able to make a deal on something that's a hobby, like that's that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't hate it, but yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. I, I mean, maybe this is how they get you, but 
uh, Jimmy or Jim Butler, as you would say, he <laughs> <laughs> he's always come across as a pretty authentic dude to me. So mm-hmm. I, is he, a, I, is he a Giannis type? Yeah, in terms of like it being earnest. Yeah, yeah. Cool. He very different personality than Giannis, but but similar in that he's just kind of I don't know. He just seems like a real dude. Seems like himself. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Anyway, and again, if anybody's into coffee and you want a non-toxic part of Reddit, espresso subreddit is very good. Um, we've talked about it, or we talked about it when it came out, and the whole studio display saga. Uh, the the webcam thing I think was maybe one of the, the smaller things that we talked about, but that was apparently a big controversy. Um, that the webcam sucked, and in all the reviews, Apple's PR department would say, "Hey, no, 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 Ashley, but that's not. This is your right. This is not performing the way we want it to. Um, it will be addressed in a software update. A software update, which apparently is tied to the version of OS ten you're using. Like, there's no way to like really just like, even though the Studio Display has an A eleven, I think maybe in it, and it it doesn't have the ability to update its software." directly it, it relies on os 10 um but yeah apparently this new version the new beta of os 10 12 point something came out and it's marginally better but still sucks what a, what a what a dumb miss i mean we, we've talked about this wait <laughs> i forget what what was your take were, were you because like J- the jason jason snell has been really like steadfast on it's fine and everybody else, like even John Gruber is kind of like, no, this thing kind of sucks. Like it's a good monitor, but it's, but it's just, it was such a weird, um, what's, what's the, the baseball term unforced error to try to just like, just stick an iPad web can like just, you have the space, just put a good web. Like it's it, the thing costs almost $2,000. Just wh- wh- why? I forget if this was on the Six Colors podcast or if this was on Upgrade. I forget where this was, but you know there was an analogy made to the butterfly keyboard, mm-hmm. and and I mean putting aside the fact that I mean the butterfly keyboard had like reliability issues, which became kind of a whole separate thing. But but even it, from day one when it wasn't broken, it still sucked. Right, and the and the analogy was that you know Apple created the technology behind the butterfly keyboard to accommodate you know, the MacBook, which was an incredibly thin computer that wouldn't have fit their their previous keyboard type. But they fell so in love with the the technology and like what they had invented with the butterfly keyboard that they, they thought, well, let, let's just put it everywhere, even in contexts like the MacBook Pro, where the problem that the that the butterfly keyboard was solving for doesn't exist in that product. And I feel like the, the the center stage thing is sort of that same thing where in the context of an iPad and you've got, you know, family gathering around for a Zoom call or whatever, like, you know, maybe it makes sense to have a, a wide angle lens on there and, and, and through software do some smart, you know, cropping and focusing. Yeah, but on but, a desktop computer, that's just, you, sure, you might like slide in and out of frame a tiny bit, but that's just not... Like, unless Apple really, really, really believes in this whole, like, kitchen counter iMac thing, which also, again, not a place a studio display would be, like, I, that doesn't seem like a use case that actually makes sense. It really doesn't. Like, and just, the, the, the fact that they didn't just slap, you know, a decent 4K, you know, fixed lens in there, I just, I, I don't, I don't get that. That's, it's bizarre. 
Yeah. Um, and then last, or actually, I mean, lastly for follow-up, and I think we'll, we'll both have input on this one, uh, Lightroom. I had been very much, because my Mac Studio is not scheduled to arrive until like mid-June, um, is, yeah, I picked the worst times to go on vacation without the internet. Um, that was, that was a real, yeah, it was a little sinker. But I should have, yeah, I, I should have just ordered one for you. I, you should have. I, I know. Like, shame, shame on me. Yeah. Although I, I wouldn't have been able to guess the config you wanted, that would. Have been I think the, you, you. I think you would have gotten it pretty close. Just, just max everything out. No, but I think you would have made the same choice of not paying eight hundred dollars for the more RAM and getting two. Would you have picked I, two terabytes? I don't, I don't think I would have guessed you would have sprung for the ultra. Oh, definitely because it because it again. Oh man, that's the thing where. So again, we'll we'll talk about it, but uh, thirty six hundred photos, and having to build one-to-one previews on that even on the m1 max took a while so having 20 cores versus 10 that's hmm. i'm surprised that you would you wouldn't go ultra what, what, what do you have you have lightroom set up one-to-one previews and it, it holds on to those for what like a month or something i have plenty of space like i think it just keeps them until it, it needs space but one-to-one previews especially if you have your images and your raws on a synology it makes it so that uh, previewing and editing on the uh, computer you're on is basically instant so it is worth the time up front to build those on import it makes the like you don't get that weird like two to four second lag of having to pull the full res image off the synology when like you're applying edits so it's it's very much worth it so do do you have your is there some setting so that your library doesn't get bigger than a certain size um, I don't know. It's just, I, uh, my, like, I don't know. My, my iMac has two terabytes of space. Like, I, it's never been an issue. Hmm. I'm sure there's some setting that says, like, don't ever keep more than 100 gigs of full-size previews. Like, there's some setting you can adjust to make it, to address that, but I don't think it's necessary. But, but so you have one-on-one previews for your entire library. No, no, just for the stuff I'm working on. Like, as I, in my, let me open up light or tab over to Lightroom. So, so that's what in I mean. My, you, you, you create one-to-one previews when you import photos, but then does it only keep the one-to-one preview for some amount of time or something? Because um, I was kind of like, I mean, the reason I'm asking is because, you know, I, I've been kind of rethinking my, my Lightroom setup and the size of my previews wasn't something I had thought about before. So yeah, don't yeah. I mean, you would always want. I don't know where that setting is. I, I mean, I'm looking and I don't know. There is. Oh yeah, I mean, I I have it set to never, but there's a setting in the catalog thing where under file handling where it says automatically discard one to one previews, and I have it set to never, mm-hmm. and total size is 320 gigabytes yeah there you go uh but but yeah there is a way to address that but no i i have 5200 52, or no sorry 55,246 uh fancy camera photos so um yeah that would be a lot of space anyway but yeah so on on the um oh also i found i found an application that can run down the uh macbook pro's battery pretty fast uh, so yeah, Lightroom uh, on the M1 Max uh, on the MacBook Pro. It's a very, very good experience. It's very, very fast. It is very pleasant and nice. And um, the laptop doesn't get hot, 
But uh, yeah, I have an application that can drain the battery and make the fans come on real quick. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I, I was processing uh, a, a couple hundred photos recently on on my M1 Max MacBook Pro, and yeah, exactly the same experience where mine was plugged into power, so I didn't notice the battery thing, but um, kicked the kicked the fan on. Although you really do have to like put your ear up pretty close to be able to hear it. Um. And yeah, it's it, definitely it never it never gets hot. It, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's definitely not like an Intel uh, Mac where like yeah the fans spin up really really aggressively and fast and loud and you can basically cook an egg on that laptop where this gets this gets warmer never hot to the touch and the fans do like if if you're doing the thing like where yeah you're building previews and you're doing that like. It is using all ten cores at hundred percent, and like so, it makes sense that it would come on, but it's still it's still fine. But I remember in all the reviews, everybody was like saying, "Oh, I can't like are the fans broken? I can't do anything." To, like, I mean, have you ever talked to somebody to a photographer? Like, I mean, no, they they're absolutely definitely can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's fast. I'm now that I'm back on my iMac when I yeah <laughs> I had to let it run overnight to build the previews of all those photos because it did take multiple hours. But um, yeah, it's it's faster. I, I'm not saying it's not earth shatteringly fast. Well, okay, that's in terms of UI stuff. Th- okay, that that's that's where I, that's what I wanted to ask you about because, like, I'm I'm with you. Like, it's a nice experience on the M1 Max, but I don't know if maybe my expectations were just totally out of whack. And when I you know went to import a couple hundred photos, I thought it was going to you know take like two minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it, you know, it it's it still it takes a while. Like you know, if you know, copying over a couple hundred photos and building previews. I mean, that's you know, that's I I, I didn't have a stopwatch, I guess, but you know, it it took some time. Yeah, I, I what I would say in my limited experience, because like I I've, I did uh, like at the end of each day, like throw all the photos in Lightroom let it build previews kind of delete uh, trash the ones that weren't very good and then use it on the plane for a bit like it, it it's definitely way more responsive like i would say like kind of the the weird on my intel i9 or i7 this is a 3.8 gigahertz eight core i7 so the m1 max it doesn't like a lot of the kind of weird ui not stuttering, but like just kind of the hesitation in certain things. Those very small delays are there are not there. So it is faster, and that is a big quality of life improvement. It's nice to just be able to, like, let's say you have some dust on your sensor and you're trying to clear up like quickly. Like there's like six dots on the sky because you didn't didn't properly clean it. On my iMac, like that, you kind of have to wait a second and a half after each brush application and like that's not a thing on the m1 like it, it's it's nice but it, it's not it's not gonna change change your life but it's 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 nice right i don't know it, it's i'm still i'm still very pleased with it and using it for five four hours on the plane the battery ran down 60 percent but that i mean on uh the intel laptop it would have been dead in two hours, right? Right. So that's that's good. Yeah, I'm I'm happy, but also it is not so much better. 
that, and that's what I was fearing were because I knew the Mac studio was going to take forever to get to me where I was going to be like, Oh, I don't want to do any photo editing on it. Cause I'm going to be so, I'm just gonna be bummed and irritated that I'm not getting that performance on the desktop I'm using now. That's not the case, but it's still way better. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that jives with what my experience has been. And I, I think like for me, maybe we talked about this before. I mean, I was coming from a, you know, pretty decently specced MacBook Pro, you know, like i9, mm-hmm. whatever. So it's not like I was coming from some, you know, trashy computer or something. But I yeah. but I totally agree that across the board, the M1 Max, everything is just more responsive. You know, you, the laptop, yeah, I was, I was working um, in my backyard recently, you know, where I just, you know, literally had, you know, my laptop on my lap, right? And before, you know, the, my Intel <laughs> MacBook Pro would always start to get warm after about half an hour or something. <laughs> and, you know, after a few hours, uh, including like with some Zoom calls and like the whole thing, like, I mean, the M1 Max MacBook Pro is just, they just don't get hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> you you don't ever use your computer in bed, do you? No, no. Okay. Sometimes there's the issue where uh, the M1 laptop is too cold. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Um, don't, that, don't make it weird. No, I'm not making it weird. I, I, I just <laughs> there is nothing weird. It's like it's like you you just crawled like crawled out of bed and you turned on the espresso machine. You, you pull you pull a Jim Butler and you grab the laptop because you're not ready to actually wake up. And then yeah, it's just the computer's very cold. Oh, and you and you, you turned on the espresso machine with your your smart plug. Oh man, ugh. ugh. Do you remember when I told you that I accidentally, like, I don't think someone was ever a show topic, but I somehow, I was trying to fix something with my needlessly complex Ubiquity Unify <laughs> network, and then I somehow nuked it? I, I do remember that, yeah. When I fixed it, mostly, my smart plugs just, I, I'm too late, they, they, they're permanently offline, and I just can't be bothered to go fix it. So I can no longer uh, lazily turn on my espresso machine from bed. There was a moment in time where I was really jealous of your Ubiquity setup, like to the point where mm-hmm. I started, you know, looking on their website and thinking like what my configuration would be. But I don't know now, like when I think about it, it, it sounds kind of miserable. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good, but I don't think it's right for you. No, it's, it's definitely it's not. It's too fussy. It, 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 it exactly. Like, here's the thing. Well, Ashley, you would never. Well, Ashley, would you do this? The nice part is that it supports power over Ethernet, so you can the access points. Well, but you all do you run to the mesh nodes or whatever the the not like the secondary Eero. Well, Ashley, sorry, spoiler yeah, for spoiler, later in the show. Geez. Way to blow it. <laughs> the I think didn't we talk we we talked about that you were basically a hundred like we, we were, ready I to was buy. Thinking it. about it, I wasn't yeah, ready to. Whatever, 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 whatever. whatever. it's fine. All right, yeah. It, 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 anyway, in, in Inception was it was he, I don't know. I can't even think of a of a movie that has an obvious Citizen Citizen Kane. The 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 sled was Rosebud the whole time, right. <laughs> or no, the, the Sixth Sense. He was dead the whole time. And, right, right, and, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, the the secondary nodes thing. You don't have those in just like the Wi Fi mesh. Like they actually have Ethernet plugged into them, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Well, so that's the nice thing about the Ubiquity stuff is that you can do power over Ethernet where you can just run a single Cat5e or Cat6 cable to the base stations and they don't need to be plugged yeah. into power. So I, like, that's, that's 
cool. Like I appreciate that technology, but where both of my know, you know, know. satellite but, eros are, like yeah. I mean plugging it's into power the is, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. <sighs> but I yeah, I, I keep again, I'm I'm moving within a month. I'm I'm reevaluating a lot of stuff where I'm not sure it's worth the complexity because also I have way fewer things wired in with ethernet than i used to like when i when i when i decommissioned the tivo i was like do i need a 24 port switch anyway well i mean and and not i mean not that it not that it really matters but i mean that that ubiquity stuff you have it's got to be pretty dated wi-fi wise right no it's well that's the nice thing is that you just if you if you wanted something if i wanted something that had wi-fi 6 or 802.11.ax like you don't have to replace like you just replace the single base station mm-hmm. like the the routing and the the switch and like all those other pieces are that doesn't change no that that makes sense and are, are the base stations the... mine are 80211 ac like cuz i i redid my setup in late 2019 so wi-fi 6 wasn't fully baked yet but also i i just don't have any speed issues so i'm not really super well that's motivated to change anything i mean yeah we'll we'll maybe we'll get to that with the euro stuff but well but you yeah. also well yours uh again if whatever actually ended up being in the show last week or two weeks ago <laughs> um yeah they were very much Some, nervous about being a place where they just they just threw in the towel they did yeah um anyway how do we get on that uh, the Wi-Fi thing. Well, there was some connection to this. Ca- carrying an espresso machine onto a plane. I no, think. no. Ugh. Lightroom. Yeah, but okay. I don't know how it got to there. All right. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So anyway, Lightroom is re- <laughs> reasonably fast. Um. Wow. I also very much appreciate um having a laptop with two terabytes of space on it. Mm. Yeah. Because what what did what does what did work give you one terabyte I assume yes yeah which which is which is fine for most normal people but yeah I, I remember like in the earlier days of like in like a I I mistakenly bought a couple of Macs that only had five hundred gigs that's I and had that's too little my previous laptop which is, which is what I'm recording on now is five hundred and that like it was fine but I did have to monitor it and I I did have one instance where I kind of had to clear some stuff out. So having a terabyte's yeah. nice. Yeah, for most people, a terabyte's plenty. Uh, like I went for two, just because like it, it, it like after like everything was said and done with the trip, like I ended up with three hundred gigabytes of photos, just because like they're all the sixty megapixel RAWs. That that would have been too tight for most computers, and and the one terabyte is also kind of tight for that too. So well, two I mean, is a the, safe bet. Those one to one previews that you keep forever. I mean, that's that's not free. Well, yeah, but that, that, yes, that's well, yeah, free as in beer or whatever the expression is, right? Um, yeah, all right. Uh, so that was follow up. Um, cool. What what do we what's what's our main business, boss? Uh, well, I I, I put infrastructure week. Oh yeah, this one perfect here, transition. Nice. You know, you're you're welcome to move things around. It's, it's your show. No, no. Let's that actually ties into the what I what I just spoiled a minute ago, and then we'll maybe talk <laughs> a little bit more about other stuff. Uh, yeah, so so it's Infrastructure Week 2022 here in the Fretwell household. Household. Um, <laughs> Wait, house what? I I kind of pulled like a kind of a Boston accent. I, I was like pulling your uh, your East Coast trip vibes over here for a minute. Uh, well, yeah, we'll get back to how much Dunkin' Donuts is a 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I want I want to hear about your Dunkin' Donuts experience. Yeah. Oh God, no, that never happened. That bad <laughs> taste. All right. So, um, you well, can I can I ask? Are or uh, do you have like a a new diet that's richer in fiber, or is that coming later? I, I don't get the joke. AT and T fiber. Mm-mm. Wow. Oh. Sorry. Mm. It is not that late. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> do, do, are you still on Comcast, or do you have? Because there's there's two there's two components of your infrastructure week. So, sorry. Please continue. Correct. So, yeah, I'm still on Cable Town. Um, so I I made the decision pretty shortly after our show from a couple of weeks ago that I was going to make two big infrastructure changes here. One, I was going to ditch the Google Nest slash Home slash whatever google is calling their home products now um one because you know the ones that i had were were pretty dated they were a few years old now and, and those two, are the ones were those ones that just kind of look like hockey pucks yeah yeah it was just called google wi-fi i think right sure they, okay. they they changed the name of their home stuff every other week so it's it's hard to keep track of but, oh, you're right. There is literally something called Google Wi-Fi and something I, called Nest Wi-Fi, and there's no real distinction. That, that's that's what makes the joke funny. Thanks, Carlos. <laughs> well, the 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 Nest one, uh, anyway. No, I'm I'm serious. They they literally just take the same product and like rebrand it. That's they've been doing that with all of their home stuff for a while now. It's it's crazy. Uh, anyway, um, and then on top of them just becoming a bit old, there was a. I guess kind of a bad software update that was pushed out a couple of weeks ago where it, it was kind of funny how it happened where a friend of the show, Troy, he he kind of gave me the heads up about it because we were on a Zoom call together, I think like the night before we last recorded, and he was having some internet trouble and he and he sent me like a a, a link to this this bad software update or a, a forum thread talking about this bad software update. And I was like, oh no, yeah, might might have been fine. But then sure enough, like the next day, I was having some problem on some work Zoom calls. And then, God, you and I had a ton of trouble on Skype. And so, you know, I, I was out of town last week. And so I, I didn't do anything right away. But when I was out of town, I'm like, okay, there's going to, there, I made the decision. There's going to be two things I'm going to do here. You know, I'm, number one, I'm going to replace the, these Google Wi-Fi things. And, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Eero just came out with a couple of new models, the Eero 6 Plus and the Eero, I don't know, 6 Pro Max or something. I don't know. There's there's some higher end version of the one that I bought. But um, anyway, it's the Eero 6. Oh, God, it's, it's the Eero Pro 6 or the Eero Pro 6E. Oh, that's right, because there's like Wi-Fi 6E or something. But anyway, I um, Eero came up with a couple of new models. So I knew I wanted to go with the Eero 6 Plus, which is basically like their new entry-level model that supports gigabit speeds. And then the second thing I knew I wanted to do, which I think we also alluded to a couple of weeks ago, is uh, get rid of my Comcast internet service and swap that for AT&T Fiber, which just became available um, in my neighborhood. So, you know, in a very kind of John Syracusean way, there there was a very specific kind of preparing the way um, method that I had with all of this, where 
Um, and I, and I think we talked about this too. Like my one hesitation with fiber is knowing that AT&T always provides you with a, a box that wants to be both your modem and your router. Mm-hmm. And if you're a nerd like us who wants to use a different router, you've, you've basically got to, you know, turn the router functionality off the AT&T box, which is like something they technically support, but is like not what most normal people do. So if you have problems with it, good luck. Um, so anyway, knowing that that was a potential problem, I knew I wanted to, to upgrade my Wi-Fi setup in advance of switching to fiber so that I could get that, you know, up and running, make sure that worked. Like I wasn't going to do something where, you know, AT&T came out and I made the change to Eero like all in the same day. (laughs) Like that was going to be a bad decision. So Um, So step one of infrastructure week, which happened this past weekend, was I took out the the Google Wi-Fi things and installed the Eero 6 Plus, which by default comes in a uh, a little three pack, which was great because I had three of the Google Wi-Fi things. So I literally just, you know, swapped those out and put the Eero's in. Um. You know, I think I think the line that I used um, with the lady friend when I was done <laughs> was, I wish all of my tech projects went that smoothly. Because it really was just like totally seamless. You know, unplug the, the modem, the cable modem, you know, disconnect all the Google Wi-Fi things, you know, plug in the first Eero, download the Eero app, and then just basically go step by step through the setup process. Um, the, the Eero app, it it was good when I had Eero's a few years ago, but it seems like it's gotten a lot better. seems like it's gotten a lot, a lot more polished, very, very user-friendly, very easy to follow. Um, the only thing that I got a little hung up on was when I went to set up the second Eero. So kind of like the first satellite. Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I already had, you know, Ethernet running to that spot because I had Ethernet plugged into the, the Google Wi-Fi thing that was there. And so I plugged in the, the Ethernet cable when I powered it on for the first time, and it, it didn't like that. <laughs> like, don't they really greatly prefer to be in, like, mesh? Like, only well, one it's, connection? It's like, just you can do it, but it's, that's the default? It's just what they expect most people to do. They don't expect Got most it. people to be weird and have Ethernet, you know, running through their house. and you know, crawl under their house like I did to make that happen. Um, so it, it got mad that I plugged it in at first, but when I when I unplug the Ethernet, you know, go through the setup process and then plug in Ethernet, then it was it was happy. And then when I set up the the one in here, which is this the second satellite, um, I you know didn't plug the Ethernet in right away and it it set up just fine. So you super easy setup process, really sharp looking app. Um, the, the setup process was great. Um, the only other thing though was, so, you know, what I did was I kept my SSID and password the same, right? Because then, mm-hmm. you know, all of your Wi-Fi devices, you know, presumably then just reconnect to the network. I mean, that e- the Eero app during the setup process, it literally says, you know, hey, if you're replacing an existing Wi-Fi setup and want all of your existing devices just to automatically reconnect use the same, you know, network name and password. 
um, <laughs> which for the most part worked fine with a couple of caveats. So <laughs> caveat number one was my whole Sonos setup just had a complete meltdown, <laughs> like to the point where I opened the Sonos app after I had set up the Eros and just got like a million warning messages, uh, which eventually led me to a screen that was just like, hey, like your Sonos um, speakers are on like a totally different network than your phone is right now. And I was like, uh, okay, they're, they're not, but. Sorry, what, what, the Sonos app tells you that? What tells you that? The, the Sonos app told me that. Yeah. Uh, so I said, you know, okay. And I, I clicked the little, you know, window to say, you know, fix this problem basically. And what it had me do was basically go through the, the network setup process on each of my Sonos speakers again, similar to what you do when you first take them out of the box, which you know, as we've talked about on this show is actually a really pleasant setup experience. So not really a big deal, only took a couple of minutes, but just kind of weird. I don't, don't, I don't, I I, I mean, I am the furthest thing from a network expert, but I, I would love to know like what it is about just changing your, you know, your wireless router that causes a problem given that the the network name and password are the same but anyway that that was a relatively easy fix um and then just like over the next couple of days had kind of like a couple of weird issues where like my macbook pro and my iphone seemed like they would um have these like random disconnections and slowdowns on on the new eero network but I, I mean, I hadn't like rebooted either of them or anything after putting the Eros in. So like with my MacBook, I just restarted. And then with my iPhone, I, I think I just like, you know, selected forget network and then reconnected to the network. And since I did that, everything's been fine. So I think some some weirdness with just, you know, keeping the same network name and password, but swapping out different hardware. But But yeah, other than that, so far, so good. Is Eros thing is like management of the network and those devices? Is it now? Is it still one hundred percent exclusive, like app only? It is. Yeah. yeah. You. You. I, I don't. I literally don't think there's. Like there's any, no web panel or no, 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 no. no. But their but their apps really nice. I know, but don't you have to log in with your phone? Like, is mm, yeah. Well, they, they, so, I mean, one thing that's changed, you know, since the last time I had Eero was they, they really, really want you to connect your Amazon account, Ugh. Um, which, you know, whatever. Amazon literally knows more about me than anybody or any other company. So <laughs> what difference does it make? But, but yeah, then they, they really want you to, to connect your Amazon account. Stinkeroo. Um, hmm. But anyway, you know, I, I I sent you some screenshots in the thing, you know, after I got everything set up. Um, Throughput's you know, good. Throughput's really good. You know, I I did a speed test, which is obviously you know running a, a hardwire test through the the primary gateway, which is connected to the cable modem. You know, that was getting nine fifty five down, so just right at about a gig. Whereas I think on the Google Wi Fi things, I was getting a, a little bit less than that. I think. Um, 
And then, you know, the Wi-Fi speed seems to, you know, cap out at around 750, 760-ish, which, um, you know, pretty good. You know, can't can't say in a, you know, in a blind test that I'd be able to tell the difference between 760 down and 400 down or whatever I was getting previously with the the Google Wi-Fis, but, you know, neat. Yeah, but if you're getting, if you're just getting random connection drops, like, were you, like, was the solution, like, it was pretending you didn't want to buy an Eero thing and you wanted to fix the Google Wi-Fi thing, were you just... Like at the mercy of eventually getting a software update that fixed it, or like, did you Google? Was there an option to try to do some type of rollback or something? There was no rollback option. No. You said just like sit and wait a month and have shitty Wi-Fi for that whole time. I, I guess so. I mean, I I was lucky where you know after we last recorded, I was you know going out of town shortly thereafter, so I didn't really have to think about it. And I mean, I I literally you know bought the euros when I was out of town and timed it so that they you know, arrived by the time I got back. And then installed them, you know, last weekend. So nice. Um, so and yeah. then the you get fiber on Saturday. On Saturday, yeah. So the cool. so this, the second piece of this is AT and T's coming out on Saturday, um, and then that will involve um, bringing fiber, which they. Basically, what they did here was all of our um, electrical and cable and telephone lines, all of that's just, you know, above ground here. And mm-hmm. so what they did with fiber was they ran the fiber along where the existing cable and telephone lines are, which is kind of like underneath where the electrical lines are on the poles. Mm-hmm. And they they literally had this like Roomba looking machine that then Wait, what? A, a, essentially like zip tied the fiber line that they were installing to the to the cable and telephone line. Like it literally give, just give me give me more example. What makes it Roomba like? I can't I was, cannot picture was, this. It was round in a way that like a Roomba is. But does it look like it? Does it look like did it? Was it robotic in some way? Oh yeah, no, it was literally like. Wait, what would this be called? They would like mm-hmm. these guys like they they connected it to um like they they kind of like I think what it was is they had some kind of temporary like zip tie when they were putting the fiber up there originally, and then this little machine that they had up there like cut the um temporary zip ties but then you know wrapped the fiber in a more kind of like permanent wrapping around the existing lines. When the when the show's over, you you because uh, I tried googling it a couple of ways and I can't. I want I want to see an, a video of this. I I, I can't I, imagine I, what to Google to bring what that's called. I don't. I took some pictures when they were installing fiber, but I don't know if I got any pictures of that little machine thing. But but anyway, um, so fiber is is out there on the on the line in front of my house, and so on Saturday they're coming out to to bring that to the house. Um. <laughs> When I was reading the fine print of my installation confirmation. Oh, the one that had just the customer name, your customer name as Fretwell, all caps, and didn't address you by name? It, exactly, yep. Well, actually, is, that is your preferred way to be addressed. So actually, maybe that was just really, really personalized customer data. <laughs> maybe. Um, they So they're coming out on Saturday. But in, in the fine print that I read, they say that the installation, the typical time is four hours which i'm i'm fascinated to see what 
possibly could take four hours. Um, well, remind me because I mean, I assume, I assume you Googled it because I know when, if you get Verizon FiOS, like they need to install something called an ONT. Like there's a whole like it's kind of specialized. You need to get like a funky box installed in your garage that's, on the outside of the house. So what is the AT&T fiber equivalent of that? So I was, again, talking to a friend of the show, Troy, who has AT&T fiber. I was, I was talking to him about that. And he, yeah, it sounds like it's the same thing with AT&T where I guess what they have to do is install. So they, they, they bring the fiber to your house and then the fiber line goes into some kind of box, which is mm-hmm. like powered. Yeah. And that box essentially converts the fiber line to just like a standard Cat six cable. Like that—that that is the modem, right? The, no, that's not the modem. Huh. Because then the Cat six line comes into the house, like comes like to the inside of the house, and then that's what connects to the modem. Mm. So like I this this mystical other box that like converts the fiber to to ethernet that's that's the part that i didn't know of until talking to to troy and that my guess with the four hour thing is like that whole thing is is what maybe takes a little bit longer because then you got to figure out how to run power to it and that that whole thing so yes quick googling apparently this is basically like verizon fios which is yeah, so you, AT&T gives you, or they install that box, which is called an ONT, which stands for Optical Network Terminal, and that turns the the light fibers stuff into something that your home can use. But yeah, apparently you still need that modem or gateway or whatever to, to make it a functional Ethernet thing. Yeah, like the, the, the ONT thing is, is, is just basically turning, like, I mean, I guess what I assumed was, I, I thought that the fiber optic cable would just come into the house like coax does and then connect to the back of their modem but instead of being a coax connector it would be i don't know whatever the you know whatever the connector is for a fiber optic cable hdmi (laughs) right but i guess i guess there's some kind of you know fiber to ethernet conversion that has to happen and then ethernet to the the modem slash router well i can now imagine what you're gonna be doing on friday night which is trying to like uh, psych yourself up to like not ask too many questions but ask the appropriate number of questions well, without bothering the I, person because you're, you're gonna ask you're, you're you can't help yourself you're gonna ask how stuff well, works and why it works that's, that's who you are well so there, there's that piece of it totally and then there's the other piece of it which is you know the technician's gonna want to like walk me through setting up the wi-fi network and i'm gonna say smile and nod well so so i that's where i have to feel it out i have to feel it out and go so like is this somebody who is gonna recognize like in in in, in a perfect world (laughs) is this somebody who is gonna see that oh i I see you've got an hero here like yeah i'll i'll kind of you know i'll help you out here or is this somebody who is just gonna want to go through the checklist and say yeah, all right. I'm going to set up your Wi-Fi network, and then I'm going to have to say, "Well, okay, fine. Like we can set something up, but like literally the second you walk out the door, I'm going to pull up the Google page that says how to do you know IP pass-throughs on AT&T's modem router thing, so that I can then use my my Euro. So we'll we'll see how that all goes. It really depends on who I what technician I get. <laughs> I have to have to read the room. Okay, and then lastly with this. Can you remind me, do you have 
any type of like do you have a comcast video product right now do you have tv service so i think i think we'll end up talking a lot more about this probably next week and beyond but that that's been a a big part of making this decision to move to fiber i mean you know reason number one is one gig upload speeds definitely want that um (laughs) i mean reason number two no data caps reason number three $80 $80 a month with no contract. That's pretty great. Um, but then reason number four, which maybe actually could be reason number one, is, you know, as expected, Comcast's TV service, if you don't have a TiVo, is so egregiously bad. Like that that X1 box that they they gave me, which which I have to use on the OLED TV because there's there's there is no Comcast app or anything or Xfinity app that I can use to access their video services. I mean it it it's so bad. Like mm-hmm. you press a button on the remote, which isn't even an infrared remote, by the way. It's it's like a you know some kind of you know radio signal, which normally like on the TiVo is really responsive. It's like you press a button and three or four seconds go by until you get a response like it, it it's so bad and then we've you know we've had it happen a couple of times where when we've been trying to watch recordings on like an iPad or one of our Roku TVs you know both of which have Xfinity apps that you can use to access live TV and your recorded content we've had mm-hmm. it where when we're going to watch a recording it just errors out halfway through with no way to fix it um so yeah i'm i'm totally over their their tv service and uh well you know once we make the switch to at&t we'll we'll probably just go back to like youtube tv like it wasn't like amazing but it was i I really liked the flexibility of it so can't can't you just tr- like do like one or two week free trials with well, everybody? That, can't probably, you just like go? That's just... probably what I'll do over the summer. Um, is just kind of do some experimenting. Um, but but yeah, I mean that's the great thing with like YouTube TV and um, was it Fubo TV or whatever? Like, it, there's no contracts or anything, so you can kind of just bounce around and and try things out. So that that that's probably probably what I'll do. The, the the one of the appeals to YouTube TV is that they they have a they've kind of have a big tech angle to them where they're always kind of pushing like 4K and surround sound and and things like that which I I that does kind of speak to me um so I don't know wait. we'll see but wait sorry say that part again like they they really do push kind of the tech angle like they really you know they're they're pretty forward on like but, 4K stuff and surround sound and but just just briefly, wasn't the issue that just actually discovering and using stuff wasn't just not good on YouTube TV? Like you you had a well, I mean, like everything else from Google, the UI is not yeah, not like great. It, but it was like uh, if a yeah, like it's like if a software engineer made a way to watch TV, like it's it's not a database. Well, it, like you it know, just, it's literally as if you know you go to YouTube, right? You open the YouTube app, but like if you used that for your TV service, like that's that's exactly what it is same tile interface the whole thing Mm. um but anyway i mean that like the 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 key takeaway on the tv side is that i'm no longer going to be beholden to the comcast stuff beholden (laughs) hmm okay 
That's, that's a very interesting uh, choice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm technically under a, a one-year contract with them, so. Oh, so you have to pay an ETF to get out? Yeah. Which, but you, you were the one who um, told me that it's actually not that much. And then I, when I Googled it, I was like, oh, yeah, Carlos was right. It's not I think it's like, much. Well, that should be your default answer. Car- Carlos was right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, how, how dare you? I mean, the, um, the, the monthly savings with having fiber and something like YouTube TV compared to what we're paying oh. with Comcast is going to pay for that etf pretty fast so thank you for reminding me is i I just got my most recent comcast bill and it's back up to being over 200 dollars because apparently my promo rate expired so thanks for reminding me yeah it's it's um i mean at&t must just be in some kind of you know expansion mode right now because it it really is like it's you know it's one gig speeds up and down 80 bucks a month no contract no data caps pretty sweet and it, oh, and if, if you're an existing AT&T wireless subscriber like I am, they give you like a $300 Visa gift card thing. Like it's, you know, it's not bad. Um, and it was, it was pretty funny um, looking at the different options when I signed up because they was a have... a five gig option. Yeah, there was a two and a half gig and a five gig option, which... Also, we're both not a lot of money. I think like the two and a half gig option was like, I think it was only 110 or 120 bucks a month. And then I think the five gig version was 150 or 180. I mean, I, when I saw, I saw the speeds at first and I thought like, oh, gee, those are going to be, you know, 500 bucks a month. But they, they, they weren't, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, but you don't need more than one. Well, I, I don't need more than one. And I like there was no way that I was going to invest well, in. And we, like, yeah, we, we talked about it last week where it's like literally your network, there's no up, like there's no possible upside because you'd have to change all your stuff to 10 gig E. Yeah. And, and that, you know, I, I think like if I wanted to go with like the two and a half gig service, I think that fancy Eero that that they just came out with that you said that Euro yeah. 6 Max E or whatever it was. Well, so when you were talking about that, yeah, I pulled up, because I couldn't tell what the difference was, but between, yeah, the 6E and the 6 Plus, the difference is that the Ethernet ports on the back are two and a half gigabits versus right. um, one, and that it supports, like, the fastest version of Wi-Fi 6, whereas the Euro 6 Plus doesn't. It, but it's it, also dramatically more expensive. Well, that, the is, three pack of the ones that you got is two fifty or like two two eighty, and those are um, like five ninety nine. Well, that's that, that that's exactly it. Like I started looking at like what it would take to support you know two and a half gig service, and the euros were going to be you know two and a half times the price, and I'd have to you know replace all of my switches throughout the house, and it, it just you know that wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be worth it. Yeah, and it it just feels like anybody like if you need like any type of like mission critical performance out of that, like you're gonna run Ethernet to whatever that thing is, right? Yeah, yeah. So one one gig service up and down is that's that's good for me. Yeah. All right, let's do a few streaming over the top thingies, and then we'll get back to some other fun stuff. So 
I really forget if we, like I, this, the CNN Plus and Netflix stories feel so intertwined. But in as we were maybe talking about offline, online, or maybe this was on the show. It's just, I no, that was thirty minutes ago. Um, I don't know if we talked about CNN Plus shutting down, but apparently, yeah, uh, after three weeks, uh, CNN Plus just Warner Media David Zaslav killed it and didn't really care how much money they were spending on marketing or any of that kind of stuff. He's like, nope, I don't want this. Let's just not do it. So, and also, and this is the one point that many people have talked about in the postmortems of it, or as much as you can write in a thing that was barely killed a week ago. It wasn't that, like, uh, subscriber numbers initially were disappointing. Like, you, three weeks after launch, like, you just can't determine that it was just that just yeah warner media didn't want it and they thought it was a distraction and they're hoping for like a discovery plus warner hbo like just mega bundle and they don't want to have six or seven random ass five dollar a month services they just want one thing and just yeah cnn plus just wasn't in that vision so they're just ripping off the band-aid and on the cnn side Correct me if I'm wrong. The gist of it was that Zucker was gone and there was no longer that type of person to cheerlead for it and navigate the corporate stuff. And also that the CNN people, when they saw that it was Warner Media was getting acquired by Discovery or that merger was going through, that they were hoping that if it had launched, it would be tougher to kill. Right. And that was not the turns out. Yeah, I mean, this is like, this is kind of a classic, you know, dilemma that comes up during the acquisition or merger process where, you know, the new parent company during the close process doesn't yet own the company being acquired or merged um, into. And so, you know, they can perhaps give some indications about what they would like to see but they they don't have direct you know management oversight and it 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 seems like the case here is you know it had you know cnn plus and the ultimate decision to kill it had nothing to do with its initial subscriber numbers which you know may have been disappointing whatever but like that's not the story the story is that the executives who were take taking over this new um, Discovery Warner Media Company had decided long ago that, just like you said, they didn't want you know six different apps. They wanted a single platform where CNN content was a part of that. And so something like CNN Plus, which is a separate app, they had no interest in, and probably signaled that, but ultimately <clears throat> you know didn't have any ability to directly say you know don't do this. And, but then the moment that they did have that ability, they said, you know, this thing is, the thing's done. And, yeah, and, and that strategy from Discovery makes sense. Like I, I have, and you, and you have pushed back a lot where, and this is, this is half of the fact that I just, I don't find value personally and most of the stuff that's on Discovery Plus, but that. Having to subscribe to, like, th- like, to to streaming services that are less than a Netflix or an HBO Max, like, if you just have all these like one-off, like five to seven dollar things, like, that's just 
you think too much about it. Like you, you just like that's the whole like in this has been a, been a a drum that we've been beating for a very long time, which is that just like even though I think I like I've been more wrong than you about the whole cord cutting thing. Like I like I I, I think my stance has always been that actually I, I think this bears out in that in that I am right, but that the a la carte dream that people have is dead wrong even if the the model has shifted or maybe cord cutting has accelerated in the past few years especially with the pandemic that i i i knew was always gonna be there but i think i was actually more on the side of the people would stick with cable for longer than they did but that we've always been in agreement that the cable bundle is a pretty solid deal how you're getting it can shift but it's it's a good deal where not everybody wants to pay for a discovery thing and then disney plus and then hbo and then cnn or just like it's just it's just too like if discovery warner the whatever the i forget what the name of the collective entity is going to be had a thing that was hbo hbo max discovery plus cnn plus maybe i'm sure they'll create a couple of other market segments and they were able to make that 24.99 or 19.99 that would be a really compelling thing, and it would get me to want to have maybe a few more things than HBO Max provides that I otherwise wouldn't have signed up for my on my own. But I just the world of having to pick and like in just like Apple, like that's the thing about Apple TV Plus. It's always kind of confused me. It's like I'm not sure what the threshold is going to be of how much content they're regularly producing that makes it worth more than five dollars a month. And five, like five, it just seems too meaningless to be a thing that's an instant like persistent subscribe i i, I don't know <sighs> all right and then uh the netflix thing we already talked about it right i i guess we did yeah are you co-signed the whole like in like the, i guess the only thing that i i have uh being my bonnet about is is that people seem to it's kind of the whole success hides problems thing where like now that the the subs- the subscriber numbers shrank for the first time in a decade but that everybody's like oh well we knew why Netflix was doomed all along and and, and it's because they are just churning out so much crap and and Sam and Netflix does <laughs> sorry it's funny that I when I say the word crap I immediately think of Samsung uh no that but that Netflix it's just they 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 have no taste and they're just churning stuff out and it doesn't matter and it's finally catching up with them. I don't buy any of that. And there's all this weird like takes of like that everybody seems to think they knew better than Netflix, even though I think Netflix is the one service that most people aren't gonna cancel. Like if if you think you have all these streaming services, like it is number one or number two for the vast majority of people. So I guess do you buy the whole all these takes about how Netflix's culture and business operates, like how it's all like falling apart. Like there's just been so many think pieces in the past two weeks about how Netflix has gone astray. I mean, this is a really like boring answer, but it's, you know, there, there's, there's, there's an overcorrection here. Like in the sense that I don't think the sky is falling on Netflix, but but it is true that there's probably 
a lot that they should have questioned or even changed about their model that they haven't because for years they've been sort of the only, you know, serious streaming platform, you know, so like, but which things? So I I think a a big thing, which actually this is an area where I think you've been right from the get go. Ooh, I'm listening. Is, (laughs) is the, is the binge drop versus the weekly release. Like I, I think sticking to weekly releases has been hugely successful for HBO Max and for Disney Plus and even for like Apple TV Plus. Well, it, it just real quick on that, I think Apple TV, I don't know, does anybody else do the Apple TV thing where Apple, and actually this is kind of what they did with, I mean, this is what they did with um, Better Call Saul, where they give you two to three and then they go weekly. Yeah. The, the, is so, that only an Apple TV thing, really? No, no. So like Disney Plus um, this month is coming out with a with an Obi-Wan show, which I'm I'm very excited about. And they're they're doing a thing where it's going to be a Wednesday release, like all other new Disney Plus shows are. However, the first week they're doing a Friday release with two episodes. So it's going to be like first two episodes Friday, and then I mean, what is that? Four day, four days later, five days later, it's going to be episode three. That's smart. Yeah. That, that that's good. Yeah, you, you're not you're not waiting too long. You're you're definitely invested by episode three unless it sucks. Right. Huh. Uh, so I I think the the release model is something that Netflix probably should have reevaluated a while ago, but hadn't. Um, and then also, I mean, the, 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 the whole, you know, quantity versus quality thing with them. Like, Do you buy that? Well, so again, like I, I think there's, there's a bit of maybe an overcorrection or exaggeration with the critique here where, you know, on one hand, Netflix deserves a ton of credit for, you know, as you would say, skating to where the puck is going, not where it is a handful of years ago where... You know, they they saw the writing on the wall to say, hey, licensing other media companies' content is is not going to be a viable long-term strategy. There's going to come a point where they want to reown that content and we're going to be left with nothing. So in order to prevent that from happening, we need to create our own content. And they were early on that, which was incredibly smart. But they I think maybe took that too far. Like I, I don't think you're listening to to downstream, are you? No. There, uh, Julia Alexander had a really really good uh, discussion on this, where her her main point when comparing Netflix to like Disney and HBO um, and some of the other major streamers was that when you think about Netflix, like. Who are the main characters that you think of? Like in the way that when you think about Disney, you <laughs> think about, you know, Mickey Mouse, obviously. But then you, you think about all the Marvel characters and then now the Star Wars characters and stuff. I, 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 you're right and wrong. Like, so who, who were the HBO Max characters? I feel like that only that I mean, that competitive it's, it's, that, it's the it's everybody from the Sopranos. Game that was a show from twenty five years ago. Well, Game of Thrones I, is only a couple years ago. 
I I think I, I that is actually an unstated advantage. Well, wait, sorry, was this Julia Alexander's idea or your idea? Oh no, this is Julia's. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, okay. Like I, I actually think that's a that's a really astute point with the Disney thing. But I, but I don't think that holds up for anybody else unless, like, unless we're saying the characters for Disney for Discovery Plus are JoJo and Giada and but, Bobby but Discovery, Flay. But but that's that's not the right comparison though, because Discovery hmm. is reality TV. Well, no, but it has. But I actually think that that has. That if we're if we're taking that idea from Disney to other streaming services, I actually think Disney Discovery Plus fits that way more than HBO Max does. Like in terms of faces and personalities and stories, I think you know, like no, like uh, the 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 Chip and JoJo and like the, and uh, like that was the whole thing, like of the CNN Plus thing. Like, didn't they have like some cooking show or some travel show with like Stanley Tucci? Like, those were uh, HBO Max, like. Is are people thinking about HBO, the flight attendant, or stuff like that? You can still think of like Larry David and like The Sopranos, but that's just back catalog stuff. And I, 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 I kind of get it, but the quality, like, but yeah, the the binge drop and the quality versus quantity thing, like, kind of, but but yeah, saying overcorrection, I think, is an astute way uh, of of phrasing it. Whereas, like, there there is. This, a trend with like think pieces for people to just like oh like just super err on the side of like oh yeah well we, we always knew this was the case well i i think the other big dynamic too and that this is maybe something you would know more about than me um is netflix has been viewed and traded on the stark stock market as kind of more of a tech company than a media company <laughs> and you know julia's point has been she's been saying forever that that's 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 silly like netflix you know while they have a lot of really neat technology that they use to to you know um distribute their service at their core they're a media company oh so you're t- okay so that's yeah so so netflix this is the weird part is that they were always considered one of the are you familiar with the term fang stocks yes yeah so it depends on whether you think of it as f-a-n-g or f-a-a-n-g where it's basically face i'm never going to call them meta so you have you have facebook you've got uh amazon and if you if you're somebody who subscribes to f-a-a-n-g but if you throw apple in there too netflix and google that is actually a very interesting observation, which is that th- at a certain point, and Netflix is, I know a couple of Netflix engineers, and like, and they they do very. Nobody's ever like in in your entire history of being a paying Netflix customer for over a decade, you have never thought like you, there's never been a fail whale situation with Netflix. Like it no. always just works, right? So so it is a technology company in as far as like we. we their apps are sometimes not very good, but not because they don't know how to make technology. It's because product managers make shitty decisions intentionally because they think it's going to drive up user engagement. That's why it took six years for us to get the option to turn off autoplay clips on the Netflix app. But yeah, that's actually a good point, which is that ever it's kind of, yeah, like kind of didn't Disney buy. Was there another name for like MLB advanced media or was that, which is what it was called? Like before Disney Plus launched, they bought the people that made MLB.tv, right? Right. Yeah, like Netflix has a very good and stable engineering team where there has never been a thing where Netflix content is not watchable. 
but yeah, at a certain point when they're just turning out this much stuff and it's just a thing that people accept that, yeah, that actually, hmm, they, they, they are, you know, they're an entertainment company. They're, it's, it's not a technology play because Netflix is never going to license its technology as some type of white label thing for whenever somebody else wants to like make a distributed video platform that has worldwide scale with edge compute and CDNs and all that kind of stuff. So that's, hmm, that's such a good point. So, because that's, that's been the thing, which is that NFLX, if you look a uh, six month chart peaked at six ninety one and is currently trading at $204. So yeah, <laughs> I guess the regular old entertainment industry is kind of boring. Right. Yeah. Wow. Good point. Oh, okay. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah. And then you can maybe throw links in the show notes to these. The, some of these articles are better than others. But, you know. Did you read the uh, the the Johnny Ive Net, uh, New York Times thing? No. Okay. Worth a read. But yeah. Um. All right. Do you have anything that's that's pressing? Uh, Otherwise, I will round this out with 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 uh, just a meandering travel topic. Oh no, we we got to get to that. Let, let's get to that. Well, so a few things. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you a link. So yeah. So we were gone because you were down in Southern California, uh, taking a taking a family trip, and I was gone. Uh, to New York because I was going to do uh, it felt like it was time to take a trip that was not to a national park but lots of things to talk about it, but it, I is, d- is Manhattan not a national park oh they call it a concrete jungle yeah. anyway so we'll we'll talk about a few, a few random things I don't have all my thoughts collected and I have so many photos to edit and hopefully I'll have like the the whole um like story out soon because I like to collect my thoughts about it but I have something that's very relevant to the show that i'm gonna send you a picture of so this will be in the slack channel so times square is the worst idea humanity's ever had and i'm including las vegas in that that's a very close second but a lot a lot of similarities between the two but mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. but so i just sent you a picture and i'll send you a video one of the most prominent ads in times square is a gigantic picture of Michael Bublé mm-hmm. wearing a full suit and tie lying down on a bed with a, which is sleepy question mark. Yep. So yep. the calm app has bought very expensive ad real estate for this Canadian man to um, seductively tell you that he will read you a sleep story called uh, quote, a lucky day um, narrated by Michael Bublé only on the calm app. So calm has so much money that they're able to buy the the likeness of LeBron James, King James, and uh, the Canadian crooner, Michael Bublé. And yeah, those are very upsetting. Mm-hmm. And also, I like that it's uh, across the street uh, from a Taco Bell. So it's just <laughs> it's just a bad place all around. And there was I'll send you a very unsettling picture of somebody with their Elmo head off that you can you can show your daughter. No, 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 can't can't do that. No, no, no. But just it's 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 a bad place and everything's bad and. Yeah, it was just but when I but when I saw it I was like fucking really? Um yeah. Yeah. Jeez, Michael. Anyway, but yeah, it was it was it was fun. So when was when was the last time you've been? 
Last time I was in New York was the winter of uh, 2015. And what was your favorite part? Ooh, favorite part. Um, well, what, I, what was the most remarkable thing to you as, as I mean, a most, lifelong Californian? Most memorable thing that I did was go to the 9-11 Museum. Um, that, that was a very unique thing for me because, um, well, so I, I went to New York a handful of times from like 2014 to 2015. And actually during one of the 2014 trips I took, I um, had gone to Hawaii uh, like six weeks earlier and had gone to Pearl Harbor. And that was the first time I had gone to Pearl Harbor. Um, and then went to, you know, the 9-11 Museum. And, you know, both incredibly touching and and interesting and I think just important to go to. But the thing that I was really struck by was just what a different experience the 9-11 Museum was, having lived through it and having, you know, personally remembered that day in a way that obviously I, I couldn't Pearl Harbor. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was something that, that I'll, I'll kind of, you know, always remember. So I remember that being your recommendation and I was super bummed that it was extremely busy and, the, and there, were, there was a line where it was like an hour wait to get in. But oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I think I, I, I bought my ticket in advance and stuff, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it you, you were right that that type of event like yeah having having whether it makes it probably a different ex a different experience uh than yeah visiting other war memorials or um types of thing like that but the yeah but the two are, are they called reflection pools mm -hmm. yeah where, where the towers stood before are very well done one thing i i i can't think of a good way to say there were people taking selfies in front of them which which i felt weird that's yeah that's I, that's tough i mean because i get it but but also smiling in front of is, is i don't know that, that just felt kind of awkward but yeah it's it's extremely well done and also apparently the 9-11 museum themselves or, or a group related to it also will put flowers on the names of people whose birthday it was on that day mm. um which i found or, uh, that was uh, so i sent you a picture that I, I that was very that was very mm -hmm. touching and nice but yeah, no, that that was definitely worth seeing. When you when you went there, was the like they they also I didn't realize it was actually a shopping mall. Was the Oculus open yet? No, mm -mm. that was the one part that was not. Yeah, I mean that it's very neat, but I did not realize it's basically just a mall con mm -hmm. combined with a subway station and and ways to get to New Jersey. Right. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, cool cool trip, and I will have a lot of other stuff to say about it. but there's one thing that is relevant to this program so are when you book hotels do you ever go to hotwire do you know what that is yeah mm -hmm. and what, what's the gimmick of hotwire hotwire is the one where you don't know the exact hotel right like you know the general area it's in and the kind of like rating that it has correct right yeah so and you, and you get a better deal by not knowing what the hotel is right so you get so I, you get you know you don't know like the brand name or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so boy. I, so that will give me a, an, an out to not say that I picked 
a a weird ass like because th- so the hotel i ended up staying at was called citizen m which is owned by um like some european what's what's the country that amsterdam is in it's the, not ne- denmark then the, the the netherlands is that a country which one are you no no it but <laughs> i i never remember if den if is denmark the netherlands and is it, is it one of those potato tomato things netherlands they're the same thing right no they're not <laughs> No, they're, they're, they're Google not. says no, but no. The De- Denmark and the, uh, are are you are what are you trying to do to me right now? Are you trying to trick me? Google, what is the relationship between Denmark and the Netherlands? Relationships form. Okay, I'm 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 not crazy, but oh no, I'm thinking of Holland, where Holland is not actually a country, but it refers to a group of countries in Europe. Anyway, anyway, this this the the, the hotel. I I did not intentionally pick this, but it is. It's basically meant for like it's designed for like uh high tech European millennials. I and and I sent you a video and you're welcome to put those in the in the show notes. Oh, uh, it's it's already there. Um can you describe what this is? Well, so, so the, the 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 very intro of the video is is a little bit It um, is. It, it is. It's upsetting. Um <laughs> but after that I I don't I don't hate, don't hate the it. rest of it. So and it seems like is this an iPad? Yeah. So here's so it seems uh, again, I responsive d- and everything had had literally no idea that this was going to be this way. Like I, I just all I saw was that hey, this was in a sorry, nice area is the wrong way to say it. Um, because also, uh, do you remember the episode? This is something I kept thinking about persistently during the trip. Do you remember that episode? And this is the context is not very good, but do you remember the episode where uh, Sally Draper goes to New York along with her dad? And um, remember Matt Matt Weiner's creepy kid? I forget what his name was. Yeah. Uh huh. He asks. They're they're talking on the phone at the very end, and he asks, "How is New York?" And she says, "Dirty." Right. Yeah. Anyway, we we don't have to explain the context of that, but. Uh, that's kind of how I thought about the whole entire trip where, where New York is, is predictably dirty. Like it's consistently dirtier than you would think it is, but it's, it's not like San Francisco where San Francisco is unexpectedly dirty in certain ways. <laughs> does, does that concept make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, I don't know. Yeah. It, it be, anyway, it's, it's complicated, but yeah, so, but this was in an area that was, uh, not like the tourist area, but it also wasn't a super. Like it, it was, it was, a, it was a nice-ish area. So it's the Lower East Side, but yeah, I did not realize this was going to be some weird tech-focused hotel. So when you walk in, the TV is on and it says your name and it says "Go touch the iPad." And there's an iPad Mini Four on it that has uh, just a bespoke application that you are correct. Where when you wake it up, it has some weird animation that says "Welcome," and I guess we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, every part of the room, it's got, I don't know if they were hue lights, but it has like full color spectrum lighting. And then it also has regular lights. And then the blinds and curtains were also smart home technology. And you also adjust the room temperature through this bespoke iPad app. And you also control the TV with it. And the TV and iPad all talk to each other, and it has both a built-in Chromecast and Apple TV. 
and it all worked. I, I don't, I, I don't hate any of this. But here's the, here's the, here's the, the bonus. Here's where I think. So I think you don't hate it. But and again, not to bring an offline, but I feel like maybe other people you might be traveling with would find this the novelty. <laughs> I think that's probably right. Yeah. But let me find a picture, which is or actually you can kind of see it in the uh, the video, which is that there are um, switches on the wall, yeah. and I swear to God they might be lutron caseta switches right and i got this so you can take the picture or uh, like so everything you don't have to use the ipad if you don't want to there's regular stuff for everything now these, these are the, like these are like the switches i have yeah yeah and the state of them syncs perfectly to the ipad yep. like yep. you can you can work the blinds you can work the lights like if you don't want to change like it was really well done and I was so because like like I think like the W hotels and a bunch of people have had like dumb things like, oh, we stuck an Amazon Alexa in every hotel room. And, and what is the purpose of it? Fuck if I know. Like. It was weirdly well done. I, I, mean, was, I mean, not to like, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, but I feel like if you and I were given sort of like an unlimited budget to design a hotel room, like, this, yeah. this is what we would design. Like, but we would we would think it through in a way that, yeah, you're right. Like, like a big brand would would just sort of be like, yeah, we'll we'll stick a you know Amazon can in the room and that'll be great, right? Yeah. Oh, that brings up okay, so sorry. One 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 last thing about the hotels. So they New York hotel rooms apparently, I did not know this, are famously small. Oh yeah, they are. So this one wasn't that bad, but they um when I when I was looking at the, so in the app, um it said housekeeping. Uh so there there are no irons in the room. So we we've talked about my website uh, Ed, that I keep meaning to the next time I get sick I'll I'll I'll, I'll actually make ironadvisor.com a thing. Wait, but yeah, they What? You no, you've you've never told me this. What, Iron Advisor? Yeah. No, this is this was an episode. I swear to god it's been an episode title. I said I was going to make a knockoff of TripAdvisor, which is called Iron Advisor because my bugaboo about travel is always that most hotel rooms and Airbnbs have really shitty irons, if not not at all. And my most frustrating thing is going to a meeting or like going to see somebody and you're like wearing wrinkled clothing because your hotel has a shitty iron. So, so, so normally my memory I think is better than yours. Mm -hmm. Not in this case though, March 6th, 2019. Yeah. But in, in my defense, anything before 2020, I mean, who, Mm -hmm. who can remember? Um, Episode 186 iron advisor all one word capital i capital a trademark i, um, I kind of want to go back and listen to that episode I have, I have no no memory of that yeah um so actually so your guy actually was this no it's 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 some other who's one who's my so, guy Bublé? Pierre? no who's who's the who's who's your other guy who's who's your points guy what's his name oh Adam? brian kelly sure yeah so this was not written by him but when I ended up getting the hotwire thing that told you like which hotel was what or like I so I immediately just started previewing it and then uh so they don't have irons or ironing boards in any of the hotels or hotel rooms but what they do have instead is they have ironing heavens on different floors of the hotel room oh, dear. or of, of the hotel mm-hmm. does that sound good to you or bad to you that sounds bad 
Yeah, you're right. Because here's <laughs> what the what the Iron Heaven looks like. Um, it is, I assume, smaller than a jail cell. So by the hotel, also the uh, the elevators have it, it it the the. Do you know how some some brands try really really hard to have a conversational design to them? Mm-hmm. Slack is a company that does it very well. Many other companies do not. But this hotel brand on the elevators, it says slide on in, mm. which is very much a, a slide into the DMs type thing. But anyway, the ironing heaven is just a thing by the elevators, and it is a room the size of, I have no idea. And it's got the world's shittiest uh, $20 Black & Decker iron in it, and that's it. That's mm. That's the way they think people should iron their clothes. So my solution to this was... There was a Whole Foods with an Amazon pickup point two blocks down the road. So two days before I left, I bought the cheapest iron and ordered it to the Whole Foods. And then I bought a bunch of Spindrift at the Whole Foods and brought my iron. And then that was that. Wait, so you went on to Amazon, Uh ordered an iron while you were in California. Uh Uh-huh, to be able to be picked up at a Whole Foods in 3,000 miles away because I knew this hotel didn't the rooms are generally too small to have space for an ironing board i guess is the point i feel like this story is is like the quintessential example of both the best and worst parts about the future yeah and uh, yeah and the and the uh, uh, sorry e-waste people <laughs> um there the, the, there's a, i did not bring the iron back with me <laughs> um so yeah that's the you, gift you needed to... an iron that bad I'm no, who, who am I? I'm, I have standards who, of who, how I look. Who, who were, who were you impressing in New York? I mean, not to make it too personal, but anybody <laughs> people. Well, also the other thing is, oh, it's going to get me canceled. People on the East coast dress way. This was also a thing I noticed in, in DC and other places. Like, yeah, people in California don't know are bad dressers. It, people dress a little fancier back east. Yeah, that, that's not true. even fanciness, but just people like I guess like it feels like people actually like, I don't know, hope that people find, I, I don't know. California, like the uh, the whole and this is maybe a tech thing is just I fucking hate T-shirt and jeans for being the default for everything. And people, I don't know, people seem to put more emphasis in, on how they people, their appearance. People are more casual out here right too too much so hmm. not i i i don't think i have the world's best fashion sense but i try i i don't know i just yeah oh but but the people just wait way nice i i don't like going someplace looking disheveled i like I, I i do the best with what i what i have i don't know not, not always succeeding but yes i don't want to go someplace all wrinkled and um doing a seven-day trip with just a an away carry on it's you, you do some tight packing and you're not gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of wrinkles when you get when you get your destination yeah that's fair anyway that was that it was mostly just because i just that ipad i was so it was it was very very interesting i was i was not expecting that i did get managed to the one thing i will say i i forgot I, I solicited many recommendations and i forget who gave me what but somebody had told me about a place called prince street pizza might have been you i don't know I, but I, I did not. It was very, very good. And I also went to that um, that cocktail place called Death and Company, which is very famous. And it was, um, yeah, it was pretty good. I had a cocktail that tasted like a Christmas tree. Ooh. Yeah. 
All right. You got anything or are we, we good? I think we're good. All right. Chef specials. Yeah. I got a good one for you this week. Let me, uh, this one would pull open the main page here and then I'll go to, uh, I guess I'll go to the kind of specific. Although now I've clicked the wrong link and the website is a bit slow. Here we go. Killing some more time. There we go. So now I will send you the link. So I finally bought. All right. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Finally bought an uni after hearing about it on all of my favorite podcasts for many years. Um, you know, we're about to get into summertime. I, I kind of thought about buying one of these last summer and then time kind of just got away, but thought about it again this year, wanted it in time for the summer. Um, and so I, so I guess I, I should say exactly what I got. So I got the Uni Karu 12. So Is that the, the diameter of Pizza Hook and Sport? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the, so their ovens generally come in either 12 or 16 inch sizes, 12 inch being kind of like a personal size pizza. And then they've got a couple different kind of like models. So the one that I got, the Karu, it, it seems like it's sort of their, their mid-range model where... Is the difference in these that some of them can use gas and some of them are wood burning? What's, what, I guess like when you're picking a model, what's, what are the, what's the criteria you're picking other than just size? So I guess like the 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 entry level models, which are the what do they call these? Um, the um, I don't even know the. the I love it when the, they have the fr- the, the, the the it's a very IKEA the f- kind the of name. Fu- the Fira. Fira, you're right. Um, though that's like a wood pellet oven. Um, what's that? I, I, I can't even tell you, to be honest. Um, like dumb question. None of these would take, would like use like charcoal, right? N- no. So, so mine, so the Karu, my, mine out of the box can use either charcoal or wood. And then with a hundred dollar adapter can use gas. Is there like a preferred one? Yes. So for pizzas they recommend wood for non-pizza dishes they recommend charcoal what are examples of non-pizza dishes you would use in this they also i mean well, well i guess we can just jump into this they have like a whole app which is actually very it's very nice like the, the oven itself doesn't like it has no wi-fi or anything it's no no there's no power to it but the 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 app just gives you like recipe ideas and everything it's kind of and, like that a Nova app where it, the smart connection is very, it's basically a recipe app. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, you know, there's like stuff you can bake in there, like, you know, morning, you know, cinnamon roll things. And there's like chicken and there's, there's all kinds of stuff. So like dishes where you need a lower temperature, like a lower steadier temperature, that's what they recommend charcoal for. Hmm. Um. And then, you know, they, they've got, like, a really fancy model that's got, <clears throat> like, a built-in thermometer and that, that whole thing. But, so, yeah, so I, I got the, the Karu 12, 
and used it for the first time this past weekend. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. Like, I guess it's the best way to say it. Um, I didn't take it the whole way where like, I didn't make my own dough, which, which they have a, you know, they have a recipe to, to do in the app. It's actually, it's really neat how they have it designed. They have like a whole like dough calculator, they call it, where mm-hmm. you tell it how many pizzas you want at what size. And it'll tell you not only the ingredients, of course, but it'll also tell you how long to prove the dough based on like what method is available to you. It's like, mm-hmm. so if you don't have a proving drawer, which I don't. Because you're not British and baking off. <laughs> exactly. It'll tell you how long to do a cold proof, which is actually not even something I knew you could do. Um, so it's 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 very thoughtful in that way. And they have, you know, pizza sauce recipes and that whole thing. So I, you know, I, I didn't take it quite that far this first time. I, you know, went to the good old Trader Joe's, bought their pizza dough. Real quick, do mm. you where where you live? So uh, the Trader Joe's pizza dough is very, very bad. Or or is one of the lesser doughs. So do you have near you a nugget market? Mm, I don't... I have to search this. I don't think so. Check it out. Otherwise, I mean, again, Cordobadera is not that far for you. Um, They have the best store-bought pizza dough that I've found in the Bay Area. Mm. Safeways, honestly, is better than Trader Joe's as well. Safeway, I tried, but they were sold out. So that's that's where yeah. I went to. Trader but but, Joe's. No, but but seriously, Trader Joe's has the worst. Um, but yeah, but but your pizza looked. Uh, other than the fact of, we'll maybe talk about your topping choices. Your pizza looked very good. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have the three to four o'clock slice, but uh, every other part of it, I would definitely pick around the pop- the pineapple. <laughs> this looked very good for for a first uh first bake yeah so we you know uh it was those five pizzas that i made um and i kind of i went into the experience with a very sort of open mind and kind of self-effacing attitude where i i, I totally like would not have been shocked if i just kind of ruined all these pizzas right mm-hmm. Um, cause it's, it's so that they to deal with these uni ovens, especially when you're cooking with wood is they, they get crazy hot. Like, I think I got mine, they, they, they can technically get up to 900 something degrees. I think I got mine up to 750 ish or something at one point. Um, so that, you know, the pizzas cook really fast. And so your, your margin of error is low. Was your um, initial worry that you were going to burn all of them or you were going to undercook them? <clears throat> Well, so I had two worries, both of which were borne out to a degree. The the burning them was one. The second is pizza dough is very very sticky. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and the way that a pizza oven like this works is, you know, you 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 buy a peeler, of course, mm-hmm. which I which I got, and. I, I had not heard of this term before reading the uni manual. And watching some of their very helpful YouTube videos, um, but there there's a phrase um, when you when you get the pizza off of the peeler into the oven to start cooking. Do you know what that phrase is, Carlos? 
I, I feel like I probably do, but I don't right now. It is launching the pizza. Okay, that's not what I was thinking. Okay, I, I like it. So were you worried that like just all like you were you were gonna try to do that and just the only the toppings would go in the oven? But this is correct. That's fair. Um so so that the first pizza that I did was basically a um sacrificial pizza. So that this was not meant for anybody in particular. It was just I, you know, I bought a certain amount of dough and ended up having enough dough for kind of like one extra pizza. So I thought, well, okay, fine. I'm just going to put some sauce and cheese on this one and <laughs> launch it into the oven and see what happens. Um, and so I was very meticulous about that one, you know, very carefully floured the peeler, did the whole thing. And it, it went pretty well. Like it, 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 it came off the peeler. It went into the oven. It, it cooked. Everything went went pretty well. Um and then the second one, which was the the lady friend's pizza, same kind of thing, very meticulous about it. Came off the peeler surprisingly easy, cooked pretty easy. And it it's a whole it, it, so when you cook the pizza, this is also not this is not like a thing where you know, you throw something in the oven or on the stove and you let it like slow cook for an hour. This is like... You got like 90 seconds with us. You've got 90 seconds and and it's it's an interactive 90 seconds. So mm. the so what you do is you, you launch the pizza in, you wait about 30 seconds, then you, you get the peeler, you, you scoop the pizza back out of the oven, and then you, you, you get the pizza, you rotate it, and then you launch the pizza back in. And you you know you do this a couple of times, so how, it's, do, you, how it, do you rotate it? Just you know with your hand. Oh, you, it's it's not too hot where you can burn your fingers. No, well, I mean, if you accidentally touch the peeler, like one possibly could. Um, Did you? Uh, do, you do you still have fingerprints? <laughs> Are you happy that face ID? There's no longer touch ID. Uh, to to a degree, yeah. Nine hundred. Um. <laughs> So so anyway, you know, made the second pizza. That it actually all went pretty well. Second pizza maybe even came out a little bit better. Third pizza probably in retrospect got a little bit cocky. Didn't, you know, <laughs> didn't flower the peeler as well as I should have. Mm-hmm. Had a little bit of the experience like you joked about where you, you go to launch the pizza, but the, the toppings are kind of the only thing mm-hmm. that launch. Um but but you know, fixed the issue it, it was fine um well, what, yeah, which well, so, so you post you posted two pictures in the private slack which pizza, pizza number was the the pizza i'm looking at so the one so the 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 pizza that i sent you was mine which was the very last one so that was okay. pizza number five and i think maybe i sent you you do very, very large chunks of your pineapple. You are very committed I, to this. Kinda, or or was that was that something that you would adjust going forward? I kind of bought the wrong pineapple, but that's oh, okay. that's fine. <laughs> um Is that but, salami or pepperoni? Pepperoni. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean it it, it surprisingly they all came out pretty well. Um and you know, like I said at the top, like it, it just it was fun. Like, obviously, it's way easier to just go out and buy pizza from your fa- favorite pizza place or whatever. Making, um, making pizzas, have, it's fucking great. It's so yeah. f- the, the, the buildup. You're making the pizza that, even though it doesn't, it probably 
doesn't actually taste as good as just going no. out and buying pizza. Definitely, it's doesn't. so fun to make pizza because you're like, this is mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the, I thought the whole process went really well. I'm excited about even making it more complicated in terms of like <laughs> making my own dough and stuff. Like, I definitely um, want to do that. Go Google Roberta's pizza dough recipe. Okay. R-O? Roberta, like the lady name. Roberto? Roberta. Roberta. And also, again, another non-toxic uh, place on Reddit. The we're, we're very nice and welcoming on the pizza subreddit. <laughs> um, well, maybe I should go to the pizza subreddit to figure out if there's an answer to this. The, the, the biggest problem I had was, so we, we wanted to make these pizzas in pretty quick succession, right? And so we, we prepped them all in advance. And the, the, the problem with that is I didn't have a good way to get the pizzas from their prep area onto the peeler. So I don't, mm. I don't I have to figure that part out. And this is a stupid question. You can't like, you can't cook it on like wax paper or something, right? Uh, <laughs> you would not want to put wax paper in this oven. No. Okay. There's got to be some type of... Why, but I, no. what, that, that was a suggestion that someone had. Or, is or can I, you butter, can you butter your prep? Because you can well, usually put a dusting of flour on the thing that makes it easier to transfer a home-cooked I, pizza I, into, like, a really hot oven. I think... Well, the, so you definitely put flour on the peeler so that then you can launch the pizza from the peeler into the oven. But, yeah, I think the the move could be prepping the pizza on floured yeah, wax yeah. paper and then trying to slide it off that paper into yeah. the peeler. Yeah, or or butter. I mean, like, it, it, the the peeler that I bought from Uni, you know, advertises itself as being a, you know, kind of a good prep area, too. So if oh, you're no, only making one pizza, that would be the way to do it. Oh, but. no, I thought I thought your question was to to take pizza from your prep area and put it onto the peeler. That, that's what I'm talking about. Well, no, but they, so wouldn't the issue be that it's your prep area that needs to be more nonstick? Well, but it, it it's... It's then the 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 actual then act of getting the pizza from the prep area onto the peeler. Yeah. So then that's that's the so yeah. It has nothing to do with the the uni stuff that you have to worry about. It's you just would want to butter the thing where you're prepping the dough. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, you'll have many opportunities. It's it's the summer. Summer's coming up. You got this. Yep. Yep. Um. But yeah, no. It, it was it was really is a lot of fun. I'm excited to do it again, and I am kind of excited to see like what other recipes sound interesting because when i when i bought the uni i really wasn't thinking about anything other than pizza so the idea of of being able to do some other fun stuff in there sounds kind of kind of neat nice all right well i any any if you ever make a five pizza night and you've got some leftovers leave it i'll leave it on the porch (laughs) no we'll, we'll we'll have you over we'll have you over for a pizza night all right, my chef special is one. It's it's a. Do we have a term for when we take a previous chef special and we just raise it to the rafters or whatever? Um, yeah, the, a, a new induction to the greatest of all time uh, designation. So previously, that included the white whale Sateki hundred and eight watt charger. Uh, the power uh, the the Beats Fit Pro are the greatest headphones ever produced bar none they are sufficient for blocking out airplane noise i was able to leave my sony xm3 noise canceling headphones at home they are great for canceling out 
city noise. They are much more secure fit in your ears than AirPods or AirPod Pros are, and they have a case that actually fits in your pocket, unlike Powerbeats Pro. They are the perfect headphones. They don't sound as good as some fancier, larger headphones, but the convenience factor of them makes them, in my use, basically perfect. I I, I don't like I, I maybe Apple doesn't want to rock the boat on AirPods sales, but they are they're objectively better than AirPods of any variety. So yeah, Beats Fit Pro, absolutely critical. Everybody should own a pair. Yeah, I um, I actually bought a pair this past weekend. They were on on sale at the the local Best Buy, and I I went through the initial setup process, but have not done a workout yet to to use them. But I'm I'm, I'm excited to do so. You should try. So you have never had AirPods Pro, right? Correct. Um, you should. Which headphones do you normally use on like your your walks? Just the AirPods. Just don't just take those. Take these with you. I, I, I'm I'm curious because the one the one hidden feature. So beyond them just being good headphones, again in a city environment, the nice thing about them is that again when it is just kind of noisy outside, the, the noise canceling effect is not so immense that it's unsafe. But the ability to toggle between that transparency mode and noise cancellation by just holding one of the headphones for like three quarters of a second is really nice. Yeah, just just try. I don't know, try take them on a walk. Uh, see if uh, if they are an AirPods replacement for you as well. I'd be very interested to know about that because I, I feel like it'd be um, a missed opportunity if you relegated them to the to the bike only. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. The again, I only had them on for ten minutes of that, but they the, the the one thing is they they didn't strike me as like the most comfortable headphones right away. So I um, I swapped I, they come they come with like the middle size tip and I I swapped those out for the smaller size and that seemed to help a bit but I more, would, more to come on that. Yeah, let me TBD let, let me know because I would say they're so I'm probably the wrong so I I, I wore them basically 12, 12 hours a day for 7 days straight like they, they I wore them a lot and they were after many hours they sometimes get a tiny bit uncomfortable but yeah they're pretty comfortable yeah i don't know yeah uh quadruple thumbs up 